0: Gotta say, amen. amen. Thank all three of you. <laughs> if you got pants on, stand up. If you're a man, stand up. If you're a male, stand up. Now I'm gonna preach, but you're gonna say Amen. Because if you don't, I'm coming back there. I got a wireless mic on now tonight. So Jesus saves. Amen. Now that's Methodist level. Jesus saves. Amen. You're getting closer to the Southern Baptist level now. I said, Jesus saves. There you go. Sit down and keep it up. (laughs) Oh, talk about getting old. I've got one foot in the grave, another on a banana peel. I I can't afford to buy a car on time. But, oh, that was funny. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, my goodness, I I love your music here. My wife has never had a speeding ticket. A parking ticket, or an accident. She's seventy-six. Never. I've got a lead foot, and I and I, I try honestly. I really do. I think. Uh, but she gave this to me, and she said, "I want you to look. Go on this trip. I want you to read this. Here are hymns that you need to sing at uh, at uh, when you start driving fast." Uh, At 45 miles an hour, you need to, this is what she gave me, you need to sing, God will take care of you. At 55 miles an hour, guide me, O thou great Jehovah. (laughs) At 65 miles an hour, nearer my God to thee. (laughs) At 75 miles an hour, nearer, still nearer. 85 miles an hour, this world is not my home. (laughs) At 95 miles an hour, Lord, I'm coming home. And over a hundred precious memories, but anyway, it it, it hasn't. I, 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 you know, look, I'm under grace, not the law, anyway. But uh, that's a joke, folks. Uh, I, but I, 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 I admire my wife very much for her discipline in that in that area. I really. And well, look, the way I look at it, why why do these policemen hide in the bushes? Get out there where we can see you. But. Uh, Uh, Anyway, thank you for coming tonight. Dr. Bloom, you're a hero in our home, and we appreciate you and your years of of service so much, and uh, you should too. All right, boys and girls. Now, tonight, I'm I'm probably going to move too quick, and I apologize, but I want you to write down the Scripture reference that I'm going to give you. And if I turn there and read it to you, and you can't keep up with me, I understand. But just jot the reference down and look it up when you get home tonight. I want, We're going to start out with Romans chapter 1 and verse 9. Romans chapter 1 and verse 9. Romans 1 and verse 9. By the way, I do a Ministry Moments YouTube live every Friday at 3 o'clock Central Time. If you go on the internet, Ministry Moments YouTube, and subscribe to it, then you'll get that uh, teaching every every Friday. And you can look at it at your own time schedule. But 3 o'clock Central Time is very, very practical, practical teaching. And I think it might be a blessing to you. Romans chapter 1, verse 9. If you have that, let's stand and stretch just for a moment here. Romans chapter 1, and verse 9. The scripture says this For God is my witness, whom I serve. And I'd like for you to underline this little statement with my spirit. Can you say that with me? With my spirit. Say it again with my spirit." And then note that that's a small s, not a capital S, speaking of man's spirit. And let me just throw this in here. There's no mistakes in your King James Bible. Uh, This is the Word of God. Uh, This is preserved inspiration. And so you don't need, you pay attention to that Bible study they're going to do on perversions, because so many people are being deceived. And uh, and you, you need to understand, God has given you, This word, 95% of the world is either learning English or speaking English. And there's a reason why the King James Bible is still viable today. I have a grandson who went as a missionary to China, and they let him come into China to teach the Chinese English. And they gave him uh, an option of uh, the textbook. Well, you know what his textbook was? The King James Bible. And so they approved, the Chinese government approved... The King James Bible being the textbook to teach their people English. Well, you understand what happened from there, don't you? Uh, Romans nine. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of His Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayer. I want to talk to you tonight about the key to the Holy Spirit is man's spirit. We need Holy Ghost power. We need the power of God when we open up our new testament and begin to witness to people and we put our finger on a scripture i want the holy ghost to put his finger on their heart Amen. now the great men of the past i've had them preach for me i preach for them we preached together and they're in heaven now a great generation but all of them had the power of god on them all of them had the holy ghost hand upon their ministry and upon them and i'm afraid tonight <clears throat> if we're not careful, we're going to quench the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and we're not going to have power. And you've got a great church here, you've got a great pastor, Amen. and a great, great heritage here. But it, this, you can't stop now. We've got to keep going. But we need the power of God. When we knock on a door, the Holy Spirit's going to start knocking on their hearts, Amen. and and convict them so that they'll be saved. No conviction, no conversion. You've got to have Holy Ghost power. You have to have. So listen carefully as I preach tonight on the subject, the key to the Holy Spirit. Father, help me now. There's so much here, and I I want the dear folks to get this truth. And I want us to be cognizant of the fact we've got to have your power. We've got to have Holy Ghost power. So Father, talk to us now. Teach us, please. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. You may be seated. now. <clears throat> Take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28. Again, I apologize ahead of time. If I move too quickly, just jot the reference down. Matthew 10:28 says this, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Now, Matthew 10:28, the Bible tells us the ones that are going to hell. The people going to hell, there's no mention of a spirit here in this chapter, in this verse, in this chapter. He says, those going to hell have a body, they have a soul, but no spirit. Their spirit is dead in the sight of God. You got that? So if, some, if you're not saved tonight, and you're saying to yourself, I'll tell you, I'm, I come to church, but I don't get a cotton-picking thing out of anything. Well, it's because your spirit is dead, and you can't communicate with God. And that's why we go knock on doors and go to your house and try to get you saved. We don't want you to go to hell. But more than that, we want you to live a powerful life while you're here and live for God and uh, and, and work for God. All right? So he says clearly in Matthew 10:28 that the person going to hell has a body and a soul. Now, with that in mind, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 1 and 2. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 1 and 2, the Scripture says this, And you hath... He quickened. Now, he talks about somebody being quickened or brought to life. And ye have, you hath have quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Uh, when you're unsaved, you have a body, a soul, but your spirit is dead in the sight of God, according to the Bible. Now, take a look at verse 2. Wherein, in time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now... Worketh in the children of disobedience. Now, they have a spirit, but it's dead in the sight of God, but it's a spirit of disobedience. This is where you come up with uh, the fact and understanding of uh, your father, the devil. Uh, if you have a spirit of disobedience in you and your spirit is dead in the sight of God, then your ultimate destiny is going to be hell and then the lake of fire. All right, that's what the Bible teaches. Uh, you, how did you get saved? You got saved because the Holy Ghost of God came in and quickened you, spoke to your heart, brought to when you said yes to Christ, he brought to life your spirit. All right, now with that in mind, let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. If you want, again, if I'm moving too quickly, please forgive me. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. Here's a description of those that are saved. And the very God of peace. Sanctify you. The next word is the word holy, and it's not h-o-l-y; it's w-h-o-l-l-y, like a whole pie, a whole cake. Well, oh, I'm hungry all of a sudden. Uh, you holy, and I pray God that your whole—look at it, w-h-o-l-e—your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we've learned in Matthew 10, 28, that the person going to hell has a body, has a soul, but no mention of his spirit because his spirit is dead. We found in Ephesians 2, 1 and 2, that the Holy Spirit is the one that quickens your dead spirit to life. Then you become a complete or whole person. You have a body. You have a soul, and you have a spirit. Say that with me. You have a body, you have a soul, and you have a spirit. So I'll say it again. You have a body, you have a soul, and you have a spirit. Now, before your salvation, all you had was a body and a soul with a dead spirit. Your spirit was dead. But Christ, through the holy work of the Holy Ghost, brought your spirit to life when you said yes to Jesus. I was 11 years of age on a Sunday night, and the, I, I, I hate to say that, I almost touched that microphone. Do not touch the microphone. Uh, (laughs) You know, I I feel like a rebellious teenager. I've just got to touch it. Uh, uh, But I was 11 years of age, and I went to church. I snuggled up next to Mom and took a nap. I hate to say it, I'm ashamed of it. But uh, on a, one Sunday night, the preacher came out, and boy, I, he started preaching. He preached an hour and a half on hell. And I mean, he it was no introduction, no nothing. He was 30,000 feet in the air, and he was preaching and foaming at the mouth. And I sat up straight, and I looked at my mama, and I said, Mama, who's he mad at? She looked down at me, and she said, Son, he's not mad. He's preaching. I said to myself, uh-uh, he's mad at somebody. I, he never preached that way before, uh, I thought. And so I sat up straight and I listened to everything he said. And at the end, he started listing people going to hell and he started talking about sins, uh, adultery. I had no idea what that was. And he goes down and started listening. them. And I, I could just remember myself saying, Well, I'm not guilty of that. And I'm not guilty of that. And I'm not guilty of that. And then he got down to lying. And I thought, Oh my goodness, I'm in trouble. I'm going to hell. And it dawned on me for the first time in my life that I was unsaved. I went to the altar. I knelt at the altar. People came by. I was crying. I didn't want to go to hell. And so deacons would come by and pray for me. Sunday school teachers come by and pray for me. But nobody opened the Bible. When I went home that night and got ready for bed, I was standing at the top of the stairs. And, and, and I, was, I was crying. God bless my mama. God bless my mama. She saw and heard me. She went up to the stairs and she said, son, what in the world is the matter with you? I said, mom, I'm going to hell and I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. And she quoted Romans 10:13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And she said to me, and that doesn't mean maybe. And she said, get in that bedroom, get on your knees and ask Jesus to save you. And I did at age 11. Hallelujah. Somebody say Amen. amen. Uh, remember when you got saved? Remember when you got born again? What a day! Uh, was it at the altar? Was it in Sunday school class? Was it just somebody knocking on your door? Well, thank God you got saved. Now, before you got saved, you had a body and a soul, and your spirit was dead. You couldn't communicate with God. But after you got saved, you were quickened by the Holy Spirit. He brought to life that dead spirit. Now you have a spirit and a soul and a body, and the Bible proclaims that you are a whole individual. Now, uh, with that in mind, I want you to turn to John chapter 3 with me, please. Verses 5 and 6. John chapter 3. Now, you got the picture? The person going to hell has a body and a soul, but his spirit is dead in the sight of God. You see, it's the spirit of man that communicates with God. That's alive. The soul communicates with other human beings. Uh, Brother House had a sermon he used to preach on, You Got Soul, Baby. And uh, I loved that sermon. But... Uh, we, you, okay, men talk about hunting and fishing and everything else, and to other men about that. Women talk about other women. And uh, so uh, uh, so the soul of man communicates with other human beings, and the body communicates to Pizza Hut and Burger King and junk food, wherever that school principal is. Where, where's the nurse? Where's he at? What are you doing back there? He told me this morning, he said, I have still got bruises where you beat me up last time you were here and preached and so, and he's little and I can get away with it. Uh, Now, so Matthew 10, 28, I don't miss this now. You have a body, a soul, but your spirit's dead. That was before you got saved. Your spirit was dead. You didn't communicate with God, you weren't God's child. Then you got saved. Somebody led you to Christ, hallelujah. Holy Spirit came in and resurrected, brought to life that spirit. He quickened you. He brought you to life. And then the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, now you're a whole person. Body, soul, spirit. Body, soul, spirit. Now with that in mind, turn to John chapter 3. I'm heading somewhere, so don't don't leave me now. We'll land about midnight. No. Uh, John chapter, boy, that didn't get a chuckle out of anybody, did it? John chapter 3, verse 7. Jesus answered. Now you know this is Nicodemus, and Jesus speaking to Nicodemus. Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say anything, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, some folks pervert the Scripture about this matter of water, but this is just talk about human beings water birth. That's how you got here. In fact, the best way to define the Bible is with the Bible. And the very next verse says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Speaking of the water birth that's there. Angels have no idea about this thing of being born again. The Bible says they peer in tonight. And here we are enjoying ourselves, or some of us are, and enjoying ourselves, and the angels don't understand. All right, well, watch this now. Born of water of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, take a look at verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the Spirit, underline that, is Spirit, and underline that. The first one's a capital S, speaking of the Holy Spirit. The second one is speaking of man's spirit, because that's the part of you that's brought to to life. A person going to hell has a body, has a soul, but his spirit is dead. The person that's saved has a body and soul and spirit, because he's been quickened, he's been brought to life, because of the work of the Holy Spirit. Well, somebody say amen? Amen. All right, here we go. And he said this, marvel not that I said to thee, ye must be born again. So he, he tells us that the Holy Spirit is born in spirit. All right, let's do this. Draw a circle about the size of a half dollar, if you would, about the size of a half dollar, okay? Inside that circle of, a, of half dollars? they do have half dollars anymore? I don't even know. Uh, circle that. Inside of that, draw a smaller circle. Inside of that, draw a little bitty circle. And then darken that little bitty circle. The outside circle represents the body. The circle just inside represents the soul. And the one in the center represents the spirit of a man. Now, the man going to hell has a body, soul, but no mention of the spirit. That's the man who's in darkness. That's the man who's unsaved. That's the man who's going to hell when he dies. All right. Below that, draw another half dollar size and draw the same thing, a little smaller circle on the inside. And then a little mini circle on the inside of that. But don't darken that one. Don't darken that one. Uh, That's the picture of a man who's whole, body, soul, spirit. Now, according to the Scripture here, the Holy Spirit is born in the spirit of a man. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says clearly, quench not the spirit. We found in John uh, 3, 5, 6, and 7 that the Holy Spirit is born in your spirit. And so if we want to have power with God, and we want to have power and influence in getting people saved, we need the Holy Ghost of God to do that. All right, where is he born? He is born in our spirit. Let me ask you a question. What's your spirit like tonight? Is there anybody in the whole wide world that come in and sit down next to you and ruin your night? Don't answer. <laughs> I know you're talking about your mother-in-law. You might, but anyway, I, but don't get me wrong. I love my wife's mother-in-law. <laughs> but so, uh, so here we see in, in the Scripture then very clearly that the person who is saved has a spirit and a soul, and a body. That's the person that's saved. Now, in that turn to John chapter 4. In John chapter 4 and verse uh, 20, 23, the Bible says this, But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in what? Spirit. I can't hear you. In what? Spirit. Spirit. Is that a capital S or a small s? Whoa. Isn't that something? worship the Father in spirit and in truth. All right? Now, which comes first, the spirit or the truth in that verse? The word spirit comes first. That's the great secret to the truth. If you'll be the kind of a person, boy, glory to God, I'm saved on my way to heaven. Thank God I'm saved. I got problems just like everybody else has got problems, but I thank God I'm saved. I thank God I'm going to heaven. My name's written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, and it ain't written down in pencil either. Save, lost, save, lost, save, lost. You make a term, I'm nervous, you know, you, never mind. Uh, so, understand here, he is saying here that uh, shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. You got it? So, so somebody probably got up this morning and said, well, I better, I better read my Bible. Bob Gray's coming to town, and he'll tell it. he walk down and ask me, did you read your Bible? he would probably do that. I better read about Bible. And you read 23 chapters and do will get nothing. Somebody else picks up the Bible, reads one verse, and shouts for a half hour. Now, what's the difference? The difference is one spirit, person's spirit is right with God, and the other one isn't. So, the spirit comes first, then the truth. I traveled with Dr. Hiles for 22 years. I traveled with him. And he would uh, he would get through preaching, dynamic preaching. He would just slip right out and go right to the room. And so, one day I got my courage up, and I said, why? do Why do you do that? Here's what he said. Brother Gray, many a great sermon has been ruined by fellowship. Think about that for a little bit. Okay, don't think about it. Uh, Now, so uh, understand what he's saying here. He said, worship the Father in spirit. Is your spirit right? Is there anything in your life that caused you to tighten up like that? Is there anybody in your world that caused you to tighten up like that? You know, where some, where some, you, some lady comes after you and boy, you, you're going back and forth with her and then finally you say well this isn't right we need to get this thing right and so on and so the next Sunday you're sitting there and here comes that woman who's been running her mouth off and you, and you say to yourself look at her coming here smiling like she's right with God after what she did to me and look at her sitting down opening up that hymnal and smiling singing the songs of God saying amen to the preacher and uh, after what she did to me, wait a minute, I thought you forgave her. So, something wrong with your spirit. And by the way, God has a sense of humor. When you get to heaven, that woman you can't stand is going to be your next door neighbor for all eternity. <laughs> 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 I, I can just see God saying, <laughs> I did that. But anyway, uh, Father, in spirit and in truth. Now, I'm not done with this verse yet. Look what he says. For the Father seeketh Such to worship Him. Who's He seeking? The one whose spirit is right. The one whose spirit is is alive and quickened and brought to life. Not not bound in hatred or malice. None of that. But somebody whose spirit is right. If there's anything that's ever happened in your life that caused you to tense up like that, then you'll never have the truth or the power of God in your life. If there's anybody in the whole wide world that could come in here and just absolutely ruin your night, then you'll never have the power of God according to the Bible here. And then according to the Bible, God walks around and looking. I'm seeking such to worship with. That's who I'm seeking. I'm looking for people whose spirit is right. When your spirit is right, First Thessalonians 5, 19, says, quench not the spirit. And so your spirit is the part that quenches the spirit of God. Uh, Nurse, come on up here. Now, where, where's my song? Oh, yeah, come on up here, come on up here. Hurry, the Lord's coming. Uh, so, we see clearly in, in the Scripture of, of true worshipers. All right? Then the next verse says, and God is a spirit, and they that worship must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Again, God comes along and says, the spirit first, truth second. You can read and read the Bible. If you're not right with God, your spirit's not right with God, then you'll never get the truth out of the Bible. You hear somebody preach, you say, man, where did he get that from? I was with Brother Hiles in Wyoming, and man, he knocked it out of the ballpark Tuesday morning. I preached first, he preached second. It was tremendous. And I got in the van, and I said, where in the world did you get that? He said, out of the Bible. Y'all try reading it. All right, now take your Bibles and turn to 2 Kings chapter 2, or verse 9, or just write it down, and I'll, I'll read it to you. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9. Now, you know about the school of the prophets. You know about Elisha, and you know how he came to the river, Get ready to cross over. And, uh, and the, the preacher boys stayed on one side. They were afraid of following that, that man of God. But one man wasn't, and he went with Elijah. That was Elisha. All right, let's take a look at verse 9. And it came to pass, when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee, before I be taken away from thee. And Elijah, Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of, what are the next two words? Thy, thy Spirit. I can't hear you. What is it? Thy. thy Spirit. Of Thy Spirit, not Holy Spirit, Thy Spirit be upon you. All right? Come on up here, fellas, shoulder to shoulder and face them them like a man. Uh, There you go. All right. I'll let this represent the spirit of a man. And uh, uh, I'll play the part of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is trying to get through, tighten up, is trying to get through your spirit to get the job done. But the Bible says quits not the spirit. Well, what part of you quits the spirit? It's your spirit. That's what it is. So what's He saying? Open up, open up just a little bit. As much room as you give the Holy Spirit, that's as much power as you'll have. Your spirit is uh, getting better. Well, now you've got more of the Holy Spirit doing the work. There's not two Holy Spirits, there's only one. And He wants to flow through your spirit to get the job done. But boy, if you find somebody's roped up like this, you'll find a Lee Robertson or a Lester Roloff, a Jack Hudson or a Curtis Hudson, great men of God. Why? I, I, I knew those men. I preached with those men. I won souls with those men. And they, their spirit was right. And they fought battles like you've never understood, probably, in your lifetime. But I mean, major battles. May, every one of them did. But every one of them decided they were going to keep their spirit right. And they kept their spirit right. And when they did, they had power with God. But here's what happens. Slowly come in, slowly come in. Things begin to happen in your life. Face them, not me. What's the matter with you? And so they start tightening up and start tightening up. Well, guess what you're doing? You're pushing the Holy Spirit back like this. And so here you are. You say, well, I I sang a special and, 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 and nobody said a thing. I'll tell you why they did it. It was terrible. That's why they did it. Oh. So, so the spirit, here's, here's the spirit of a man. The Holy Spirit wants to get through. Now, it won't happen if you're tight. Quench not the spirit, God said. All right. So open up. All right. Let's look at it this way. If you have an inch pipe, that it restricts the flow of the fluid. If you want more to go through, then get you a two-inch pipe. Then get you a four-inch pipe see some of your spirits tonight are about the size of a juice cup at the Lord's Supper table. Fill me Lord. Boop. Okay, thank you. Well turn it in for a cup size. Turn it in for a pitcher size. Some of you just ought to buy a good joke book. <laughs> Man, you don't laugh anymore. You don't, you don't get with it. You just, you just Look, I hope someday you preach and I'm going to come out and sit out there and you're going to try to keep my attention. I'm going to go to sleep on you. <laughs> So so the spirit of man. So God is saying, this is the secret. He seeketh such to worship him. This is what he's looking for. He wants to give you power. He wants to help you to be a soul winner. He wants to help you to be what you ought to be as a husband or a wife or a mom or a dad. That's exactly why he wants to give you power to do that. So if you're not careful, there'll be somebody in your world that will ruin your spirit. You can't afford it. There'll be something in your life that will ruin you. My wife, 50 surgeries. November, she fell four times. Took her to the hospital. She has early dementia. And uh, she did the month of November. I don't think she remembers anything about November. But boy, God miraculously moved and she cleared up and December was great. But I've seen my wife, God bless her lay there, and that, she used to have poodles, poodles, poodles of the night. Get a dog. Uh, but, but is this being taped? Uh, I, I loved her poodles. Uh, but I saw, I'd see those poodles jump on that bed, and she'd go like that, little eight-pound thing, and it, it hurt. Listen, I'm going to tell you, I, I, one time I went in, put my suitcase down on a Monday morning, and I said, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stay home and stay with you. And she propped herself up on the bed. She said, not on my watch. And I said, what do you mean? She said, I'm not going to answer to God keeping you home when you could be stirring people to win souls around the country. I'm not going to do that. Now, you get your bag and get out of here. Well, she runs the house, I mean. No. Uh, So, now, look, I'm just saying to you, don't let this happen to you. Don't let this uh, I hope this will happen. Uh, Don't don't let this happen to you. Don't do it because it is not worth it. When you knock on a door, you there's a lot of burdens you're carrying in your life and in your world, and I understand that. But you don't have a real problem. It's the people going to hell that got the problem. They're going to burn forever in the lake of fire ultimately. And you and I can't afford to carry burdens and chips on our shoulders and knock it off, you know. That's a, you say, well, preacher, were you preaching about me this morning? I don't know how many times I've had people ask me that. And I loved looking at them and saying, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what is the matter with you? You're not going, you don't have a real problem. The people going to hell got the real problem. There's nothing, what you're going through is nothing. And just a few more days, we'll be in His presence. Just a few more days, and the rapture will take place, and a few more days, the resurrection. Hey, it's all just about over, don't you understand? And the fact, we don't even preach on Jesus coming again anymore. We don't even talk about it, but I'm telling He's coming. And I believe you and I will be alive to see it happen. Amen. Get your spirit right. You ought to come down here tonight and confess, God, forgive me for, and then tell Him. He already knows, confess means uh, confess and forsake. That's the formula in the Bible. All right? Thank you. You can be seated. You did good. Proud of you. Hold it, come here. No,. Go ahead. Now take your Bibles and turn to the book of Acts, if you will, please quickly here. we've got it, we've got to hurry. We've got to hurry. We've got to hurry. Turn to Acts chapter 17, if you would, please, Acts chapter 17. In Acts chapter 17, uh, probably the, to me, the greatest Christian in the uh, New Testament outside of, of course, our, our Lord is, is the Apostle Paul. In Acts 17 and verse 16, look at this. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, look at this, his spirit was stirred in him. Didn't say Holy Spirit, said his spirit, his spirit. He didn't want anybody to go to hell. He wanted to get people saved. So his spirit was right. Do you think Paul had problems? I think Paul was married. And I think his wife left him. Because you couldn't be a part of the Sanhedrin court if you hadn't been married. But it didn't keep Paul. His wife forsook him, but it didn't keep, that's greyology. Don't, send your letters to Dr. Bloom. Uh, (laughs) But his spirit was stirred in him. Now, has your spirit been stirred in you other than the the fact that you're mad at somebody because they're mad at you, or you're mad about some condition in life? You say, this isn't fair. Life is not fair. Who told you it was? My son. My son is our baby. He's 45 years of age. But uh, he came to me one day. Dad, the principal doesn't like me. At a Christian school. And I said, son, I pay him to not like you. I, I don't want you to become an apple polisher and get your grades and get promoted because somebody likes you or you're the, you're the pastor's son. It's uh, not going to happen. I <laughs> remember one time, we had just moved to Texas, and he was sitting in a classroom, and a teacher told him to do something. And he's a rambunctious kid, to do something, and he stood up and he said to the teacher in front of all the class members, Do you know who I am? <laughs> it's, it's, funny, it's just a kid. Yeah. Do you know who I am? And the teacher said, "Yes, I know who you are." He said, "You know my dad. You work for my dad." And he said, "I could have you fired just like that." (laughs) Oh boy, did he ever get it when he got home. Uh, But (laughs) he says, "Here, Paul. His spirit was stirred. Now we got to hurry. Go to Acts chapter 18 verse 5. Acts 18 verse 5. And when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the what? Spirit, not Holy Spirit. His spirit." Get stirred up. Get yourself stirred up. Uh, Get in front of a mirror and preach to yourself and talk to yourself. People dying and going to hell. I can't afford to stay home when it's so in a day. I can't afford not to give gospel tracts out. I can't afford Stir yourself up. You come and the preacher will stir you up for a couple of days. Well, you ought to stir yourself up. Uh, Listen, Brother Howell said to us one time, he said, you're not going to have chapel every Wednesday. Well, you're going to be out there fighting your battles. You better learn how to stir yourself up. Uh, Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gift of God that's in thee. You stir yourself up. Stir yourself up. All right, let's go to Acts 19, verse 21. We got, you're not listening fast enough. Acts 19, verse 21. After these things were ended, Paul purposed in the Spirit. Now, if you follow along in the life of the Apostle Paul, you'll see where he stirred himself up, and then God moved in. When he stirred himself up, then great things began to happen. Now, here's, here's exactly the way it is. The Holy Spirit is sitting on the throne of your soul. And he's sitting there. Power is there. Holy Ghost power is there. The power that created the universe, the world, he's there. He's real. He's in you. Now, you're out there talking about hunting and fishing and anything in the world, and the Holy Spirit's going, oh. and then all of a sudden you say, the pastor said, we need to go soul winning on Saturday. And you said, well, I think I'll go on Saturday. And the Holy Spirit goes, uh, what was that? What did you say? You, you gotta, Oh, are you going to work a bus route? Are you going to teach Sunday school? Really? Uh, and the Holy Spirit gets up and says, let's, let's go do it. Let's get it done. Now, you can do it in your own energy, and in the flesh, but you need Holy Ghost power. And the only way you're going to get that is by opening up your spirit. Stir yourself up. When I was a kid, I lived in in Michigan, in southwestern Michigan, and that snow, that lake effect snow would come. You'd get 12, 14 inches just like that by noon. In fact, I think they're getting it right now. But uh, I had, I I lived in a a, uh, farmhouse, old farmhouse, and my room was added to it was a lean to added to the back of the house so there was no we didn't know what air was we had no idea what what heat we had a uh, a, a stove on the middle floor and the heat would come up like that we didn't have heat and but in my I had a, a stove back there and and I had my room and man alive that linoleum floor, when it's 20 degrees below and there's snow, let me tell you, there's nothing as cold as a linoleum floor. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? Oh, man. I, I, I would get up and I would, I, in the middle of the night, I said, I've got to have some heat. I don't know how I did it, but I ran 20 feet across that linoleum floor and got to that stove without touching it. I don't know how I did it. And I'd stoke that fire. I'd stoke it. Now, the embers were there. Everything that was needed was there. But I had had to have my arm in there to stir that thing so to get, get it going again and then feed it and feed it. Put some wood in there. Put some coal in there. Now, I'm simply saying to you, stir yourself up. Oh, you say I'm not on fire for God. That's your fault, not the preacher's fault, not the church's fault. Now, you stir yourself up. Get along with God. Beg God for power. Let God expose in your life the things that are hurting your spirit and ask God to forgive you for being upset about it and thank God. I thank God for the things that have happened in my life. But at the time I didn't. I look back now and say that was of God and that was of God and that was of God. What's your spirit like tonight? I'll ask. I'm through with this. Is there anybody in the whole wide world that really ticks you off, makes you madder than a hatter? Is there something in your world that you say, this is not right, God is not right and how He's doing? I'm just telling you, you're quenching the Holy Spirit of God, and your neighbor will go to hell, people in your city will go to hell, because you're obsessed with something in your world. Quench not the Spirit. Okay, the sins in this church are not pornography. The sins in this church are not dope-dealing. It's sins of the spirit, not sins of the flesh. And there's a danger in you not falling for the sins of the flesh, but letting your spirit be offended. It's a dangerous thing. Because when it, it does that, you quench the power of God. And God wants to work in your life. And oh, He wants to do miraculous things. <laughs> I got on a plane flying to Shreveport, sat down, and, and six foot ten. Six foot, this little bitty plane, come walking out. I thought, what? These are this is the land of the giants, and they come walking through there. Was a basketball team, Louisiana Tech basketball team, and they all sat down in, in the back there. And I sit in the exit row seat, and the coach sat here of that team and his wife. And I was I was sitting there, and I started asking about his team, how they're doing. He started telling me how they were doing, and then I said, well, here I'm gonna give you a gospel. They said, who are you? And I said, well, I'm a pastor. I gave him a gospel track. And I said, I, I, I'd like to show you how you know for sure you're going to heaven when you die. The coach looked at me and said, I'm Mormon. I said, Mormons get saved just like Baptists do. I said, okay, Is it, this work? Don't touch it. Uh, now, so I gave him the gospel. His wife responded. And she said, thank you. I've never seen that before. And the coach and his wife bowed their head, praying, and invited Christ in their heart. When we got off the plane, he said, Would you tell our, our team what you told me on the plane? Well, we got off the plane, he got them all huddled together, and an assist, a black assistant coach came up to me and whispered by ear, and he had tears coming down his eyes. He said, I have witnessed to that man till I'm blue in the face. He said, I'm a Christian. And he said, Thank you. He said, What did you do? I said, I didn't. The Holy Ghost did. And then we sat all, stood all those basketball players up and every one of them prayed and invited Christ in their heart. What's your spirit like? What's your spirit like? You, you know, look, when you have a, a big church you create a lot of enemies. I've got a lot of people that don't like me. That's a shock, isn't it? That's a shocker. But I can't dwell on that. I can't dwell on it. I've got to dwell on the fact I've got to keep my spirit right. And if I get my spirit, keep my spirit right, then Holy Spirit power will flow through me. And God will do some great things. Is your spirit right tonight? Because if it's not right with God, you come down. Don't, don't, look, don't come to me and confess your sins. <laughs> Last week, two weeks ago, a lady came up and said, well, I'd like to tell you what. I said, look, I, this is not a Catholic church and I'm not a priest. I said, but for 20 bucks, I'll, I'll listen to you. Uh, Laughter. Now, what you'd better do is you better make sure and, and answer answer don't answer out loud. But ask yourself, is there anybody? And by the way, don't go to them like a lady did in Oklahoma after I preached this. She went to another lady and said, Look, I've hated your guts for years. And I want to make this right. That's not the way to do that. But I would suggest you come to God and say, Dear God, I want your power. I, I, honestly i want your power and God forgive me and then if there's something in your life that that that's happened in your world that's hurt you deeply you come down here and say dear God please forgive me i know i know it's a sin and I'm not getting drunk I'm not looking at pornography but it's I, I, i'm hurting my spirit and i need your power you need God's hour let's stand our heads are about our eyes are closed